0: Genesis chapter 12, actually 11 verse 27, we didn't, we didn't go through that last week, but just, just, just a quick read over. It says, this is the account of Terah's family line. We're building up to the main thrust of the second half of, of Genesis. The first half deals with how people got where they were, and uh, the second half deals with a nation and... It's basically the patriarchs. It, it, it's how this nation was formed through Abraham, Isaac, uh, J- Jacob, and um, Jacob, Isaac, and uh, Joseph. And so, uh, again, everything is leading up to that point. So, uh, chapter eleven, verse twenty-seven says, "This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, those three brothers. And Haran became the father of Lot, while he was still." While his father Terah was still alive, and Haran died in Ur of Chal- Chaldeans, and in the land of his birth, <clears throat> that's in Iraq, southern Iraq. There, so that's where Abraham, Isaac—I mean, sorry—Abraham and his brothers are from. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milka. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milka and Ish- uh, Ishka. Now, Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. And Terah took his son, Abram, his, son, his grandson, Lot, uh, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, the wife of his son, Abram. And together they set out from Ur of Chaldees to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And Terah lived 205 years, and then he died in Haran. So you've got an interesting family tree here. Uh we'll talk about it just for a second. But we and immediately the, the scriptures don't stop. You go to chapter twelve and it says, And the Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's house to the land that I will show you. Now what does had mean? The Lord had said, Go to you know, go from your country, your people, your father's household to land I will show you. And wh- when did Abram? when did God tell Abram and Please forgive me. I say Abraham, Abram, Abe. They're all the same person. Um, <clears throat> when, when did God say this? Because obviously it wasn't in here, chapter 12, verse 1. He's recording something he had already said to him. I found a great commentary on, uh, on Genesis 12, and it's actually uh, the book of Acts, chapter 7. Stephen is giving the Jewish theologians of the day a history lesson, and he is recounting their nation's history before all of them really uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he gives some details about this situation. In Acts 7, verse 2 through 4, says, Brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran. And he said, Leave your country and your people, God said, and go to the land I'm going to show you. And so... God had spoken to Abram while he lived in Ur while he was which was in Mesopotamia you know the Fertile Crescent it's basically just above the Persian gold southern Iraq today that's where God had 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 spoken to Abram but it seems that Abram did not obey right away did not respond to the call of the Lord to leave right away God had asked Abram to do those things that are not easy for any of us well In that culture, it wasn't easy. It's probably easier for us these days. But to leave his homeland, to leave his people, his clan, and to leave his father's house. Um, We are Americans. We're very individualistic and... Uh, it's very hard to get into the Middle East mindset or in, in Eastern culture where family is, is everything. Your identity is wrapped up in your, in your family name and you don't do, dare do anything to tarnish your family name. We used to have that more when we were an agrarian society here. But uh, this, uh, we've been enlightened, so to speak, whatever that is. But these are things that are not easy for Abram and God is telling him to leave. That You didn't do that unless you were uh, diseased, unless you were uh, impoverished or you did something wrong. You normally did not do those types of things. And so, it was hard for Abram to leave, and I think especially to leave his father. That is hard for us to understand, but when there's that authority structure in the home and everything is based upon the patriarch, as it is in Genesis here, as we were talking about patriarchs, boy, to le- God's telling him, I want you to leave your father's house. I want you to go out from under his, his protection, his name, his authority. I want you to leave your land, your people. I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. It might have been especially hard growing up in that. An added difficulty would have been their religion. That God that they had a, a their, you know, as a family, they worshipped idols. We don't get this from Genesis, Genesis, but in Joshua 24, Joshua is addressing the Israelites as they're going to eventually go into the land or, or actually take all their uh, different places within the land. And he speaks to the environment that, called the, that God called Abram out of. In Joshua 24, verse 2, it says, Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. And so God met Abraham back in Ur, back there in that culture that he was raised in. And called him out from his land, his people, his father's house, and from false worship. And so Abraham was called to come out, but it seems he did not do it right away, did not obey the voice of the Lord. That's a very difficult thing. It's extremely difficult to abandon the land you come from, the people you know, your family, the religion that you were raised in to follow God. Many of you have experienced that in your life. God has called you out from among the world. Nevertheless, God is, in his sovereign mercy, he made himself known to Abram and called Abram to follow God by faith, just as God has called each of us to follow him by faith, to come out from that which ensnares us. Like Abram, God has given us a choice to remain lost and cling to the world or to respond to God in obedience through faith. It seems as though Abram did not immediately respond. That's, that's, that you can see that in our own lives. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I do that right away? It's God talking in an audible voice. That's wonderful. Isn't that what we, you know, we love there? To surrender to God and to die to self and to choose to live by faith is the ultimate challenge facing each person on earth and in this room. Like Abram, we're challenged to surrender our desires. You, this morning, are challenged to surrender your desires, your fears, your comforts, your will, your land, your family, your people, your jobs, your money, your religious background, whatever it might be to surrender all to God. Jesus had some pretty hard sayings for people. Unless you hate your family, you will not be my disciple. What does that mean? To hate your family? I mean, people are like, hey, I'm, his, I'm your disciple. No, that's not what he's talking about. Hating your family meaning he's talking about you have to put me, I have to be preeminent. I have to be above everything else. This is what Abraham was faced with. That doesn't mean disrespecting or not loving or not caring for your family. That is not what God is talking about when he says that. But I have to be above those relationships. I have to be above your job. I have to be above your money, your desires, your plans. I have to be above all these things. And when we start to speak of leaving these things, what enters our heart? Fear. Fear. What is Abraham known for? Everybody. He's the father of what? Faith. What do you think God is working out in his life? Faith. What is he going to be exposed to in dealing with constantly in his life? Fear. God is going to be allowing him to experience fear so that God will eventually bring him to the place in Genesis 22, where the thing he wanted most, the thing he loved more than anything, his son, God would ask him to sacrifice it to him. Did he sacrifice his son? In his heart, he did. And he started to go down, but God stopped him. I've got you. I've got you. And that is where the Lord is leading each of us this morning to where we are committed to God to abandon all, not recklessly, but because God has called us according to his word. I am willing to leave the life I've known to follow you, Jesus. I'm willing to leave even my, the, the shame of my family not loving me anymore because I choose to follow you, Jesus. Jesus had many encounters and confrontations with people on this subject, trying to bring the light of the kingdom of God towards people. This is what the kingdom is about. The rich young ruler who kept all the laws of Moses but sorrowed when Jesus challenged him to sell all that he had and give it to the poor and follow him. I've kept all these rules. I've done all these things. All right, you're rich. I want you to sell it all Give it to the poor and follow me. And he went away sorrowful, for he was very rich. doesn't say what he did. It says he went away sorrowful. Jesus said, oh, how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. That was one analogy. And Jesus could also say, oh, how hard it is for those who value family above me. Oh, how hard it is for those who want to acquire, you know, acquire status upon this earth above me. Whatever it may be, Luke nine fifty seven says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, "Hey, I'll I'll follow you wherever you go." And Jesus replied, "Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head." And he said to another man, "Follow me," but he replied, "Lord, first let me go and bury my father." And Jesus said to him, "Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God." And still another, he said, "I will follow you, Lord." But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts the hand to the plow and looks back is fit to serve uh, for service in the kingdom of God. These are hard teachings. What is Jesus saying? I have to be Lord. I must be Lord. What is keeping our hearts, your heart, my heart, from fully following Christ this morning? What are you holding on to and why? Or what has God God a hold of you and why? For Abram, it seemed that until his father died, he did not respond to God's call. The Lord, chapter 12, had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's house to a land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who who curse you, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. What a cool deal! And so God, in His sovereign mercy, calls Abraham out uh, out from Abram's country, from his people, and Abram's father's household. And God's purpose is not just to call him out, but it's to call him to something. How many of you are struggling with hope? Not me. Why would you be struggling with hope, you know? God has called us to something, and quite often we go out and we sit in our tent and we, we go, What is what is this? I don't have any of the pleasures of back home. This is a hard life. What's going on? And we don't realize that discipleship isn't just being holy, set apart from God, it is being put into his service to, to do what he's created us to do. And when we when we uh, are empty in that what the enemy will quite often do is he'll come in and start filling those gaps with things in our lives to substitute motion that makes us think that we're doing something for God and we are deceived i haven't ever experienced that and it can even be great church stuff In Ephesians, God said, uh, you know, Paul said to the people, hey, you know, I've created you. You are my workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, and you have works that I've created you to walk in that I've planned for you from the foundations of the world. I've designed you for a purpose, and your purpose is found in me, and as you abide in me, I will reveal that purpose to you. You will walk in it, and you will have fruit in your life, and you will have purpose, and you will have meaning, and you will be impacting a dark world around you. You will be a blessing to the extent that I want to use you. And there is no greater sensation if you're a feelings person. There's no greater sense of purpose as a man, as a woman, as a child, knowing that you are being used by God for what he created for you. You are in that moment. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. If you look closely and compare chapter 11, remember the chapter of Tower of Babel? and chapter 12, you can see that what man wanted desperately in chapter 11, and I'll talk to you about it in a second, and attempted to attain those things in their own strength. Remember they gathered all together under Nimrod? Those things that they all sought to gather in rebellion towards God, to to accomplish in rebellion towards God, to meet those needs, those various things, those three things, God desired to accomplish in and through Abraham as he followed God in faith. Those two chapters, 11 and 12, they're comparing and contrasting two lives, the life of blessing by the life of works. And so man in chapter 11, under the leadership of Nimrod, which means rebel, so don't name your kid Nimrod. They wanted three things, and I'm going to use a word that's a little different, but primacy. It's kind of like supremacy, but they wanted to, primacy, they wanted to be at the top. They wanted to have purpose, right? Build, and, and, and they did this to build a city like no other, a tower that reaches the heavens. They wanted to have primacy, Want to be the best. And they wanted to have Identity. Second thing, identity, if you're taking notes. Let us make a name for ourselves. How many of you want identity? How many of you want primacy? How many of you want identity? I want to know who I am, where I fit in, what, what is about me. That's natural. Let us make a name for ourselves. You see how they did that? Insecurity, lest we be scattered, we will be secure in our identity, you know? lest we be scattered. We stay together. We're going to be the strong thing. We're going to have a name. You know, we're going to have primacy. We're going to be at the top. You know, and we're also, we're going to have this security in our numbers, in our, in our unity. This is what they saw. In chapter 12, God goes the opposite. He goes, I, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. God was going to make Abram uh, prominent, And God goes, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. God would give him identity. You will be identified in me. I will make your name great. And I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I'm your security. God would give Abraham security. Ultimately, God's plan for Abraham was that all the peoples of the earth would be blessed through him. Man's way of accomplishing these things ends in confusion, frustration, babble. God's way ends in blessing to you and to others. We are prone to be chapter, chapter 11, right? I want a meaningful, I, I want to do something mean, meaningful in my life. Who wants to do something meaningful in their life? I want that primacy, Right? I want to discover who I am. Anybody, you know, still searching? It's okay. I want to discover who I am. Or I need security in relationships and financially or my job or whatever. I need the security. And we can attempt to accomplish these things the way they did in Babel. Let us, let us, let us, let us build, let us make, let us do these things. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything of worth. It's going to end in frustration. You're going to waste your days. It's all going to burn. It's not going to be eternal. Every person in here is looking for those things. Primacy, so to speak. You know, that purpose. Identity. Security. In one way or another, we are looking for these things. We can do it ourselves. We can make my name known, you know. I'm going to hang on to this relationship and demand security, or I'm going to do this and finagle this, and I'm going to make it so I have these things. Let us. Let me. And of course we have good intentions. God bless this. God bless it. You know I love you. But my strength. It will eventually fail. And Jesus said, if we seek first, this is what Jesus said, if we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things, all these needs that seem to be, you know, important to us will be added unto us. His kingdom is upside down. It's the upside down kingdom, which is right side up. We're upside down. Yeah, we're all mixed up. But Jesus said, seek my kingdom first and my righteousness and all these things will be added unto you you know if we go the opposite way, way and we seek these things that you know that importance that identity the security via chapter 11 we can end up literally in a chapter 11 and also spiritually definitely spiritually chapter 11 we're going to be bankrupt we are bankrupt And Jesus' teaching he says blessed are those who are what? poor in spirit who are bankrupt for theirs is the kingdom I am bankrupt, God. I can't do a let us. It's you. But as I put God first and seek his kingdom first and his righteousness first, then I find that God puts me in the middle of important, meaningful, eternal activities. As I abide in Christ, God places those things in my path. He divinely puts me in important situations Why? Is it so that my name becomes great? He puts me in in impactful situations, eternal situations. I find that I begin to understand who I am and I find my identity in him. I find out, whoa, that's who you made me to be as I'm around you. I find out who I'm not and what I cannot do. And I find out that I try to do a lot of let us. How else are we supposed to find this stuff out? I didn't come with a manual, you know, I know to say about this, but I mean, God shows us who we are in his word and through the context of the body, His spirit working, our identity in him. And I'm no longer worried about my self-worth. And I personally have discovered that when my name is known to others, it's not to make my name known. It's to make his name known. If my name is known, it's to make his name known. You know, If I have a title, if I have a car, if I have authority, if I have money, if I have position, if I have anything, it is to make His name known. That is why I exist. If I have strength in my body, it is to, for Him, to be a blessing to Him and to others. And I fight this constantly because definitely I like the babble scenario. Anyone? I see a couple of you babblers out there. But I also have experienced and, and, and know, have known and discovered that I have a tremendous security in him. I have fears like everyone else, but I know when I am walking in, 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 in relationship with the Lord that I can be in the middle of the jungle of the Philippines. I can be on the, the dangerous streets in Israel. I can be in the outskirts of Tijuana. I can be on you know, in Walla Walla, anywhere. I, I can be on an airplane. I can, I can be anywhere and know that God is with me. And I am with him. When I seek first the kingdom. When I seek first the kingdom. And the more I seek my kingdom, the less that I am reaffirmed in my heart of these things. I know it. It's an intellectual thing. But God wants us to know, know all the way through us. And quite often, uh, you know, I, 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 I fall back on that flesh. But we are either in one of two chapters. We're either in chapter 11 or we're in chapter 12. I want to be in chapter 12. Anyone? You know, chapter 11, Babel Syndrome, my strength, my name, my glory, my plan. Or we're in chapter 12, the blessing of simply, obe- obediently following after God by faith, seeking first the kingdom. I don't know about you, but when I get stressed out about something, I start to fix the problem in my head, and then it starts to become action. And, you know, I, I've been stressed out a little bit, you know, from time to time, and lately I've been thinking about things, and I, I immediately started to think about how I could bake bricks to build a tower, so to speak, you know what I mean? <laughs> and to make my name to get some, you know, name great to get security and all these things you start doing with yourself, uh But you know, and I began to share my ideas with Christine and 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 she listened she you know, she listened to me and then with the gifting God gave her, she said of my blueprint, that's embarrassing. (laughs) She smiled and she's like, That's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed by that. (laughs) It sounds like you just need to pray and seek the Lord. And that's exactly what I needed to hear, honey. That's exactly what I needed to hear. I don't, yeah, just to stop and to pray and to seek and to spend time with him. And to tell you the truth, to get into the habit of not just seeking him for the answers, but just to seek him for him. The answers will come. Seek first and all the other things. And you'll find that you do not have to live a life of constant frustration. You do not have to how is this going to happen? How am I going to be able to afford this thing coming up? How am I going to be able to, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, gosh, your health is going this way and what are you going to do and all this stuff? These are real issues, but you have a real God who wants you to step out and trust him. And he will orchestrate your life and doesn't mean it's going to be pain-free. Jesus had a painful life but it will be a full and powerful and impactful life. You will have purpose. You will have identity and you will have security. All the things we long for and not in your own strength because you sense and you know God is with you and he is doing it through Jesus Christ. And that is what we are called to. Let us. No way. You know, and I just wanted to close with this one thought. Peter, as I talked about earlier in communion, Peter tried to solve these things on his own, in his own strength sometimes. He's a great example to all of us. I love Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times and he was bummed out about failing and denying Jesus and decided to go back to being a fisherman. Security. I don't know. Everything's a mess. I'm going back to what I do. My strength. I'm gonna go fishing. I would have gone fishing too. That was his name. That was his identity. That was his security. Peter the fisherman. Let us. And you know the story. Peter and those who went fishing with him, what did they do? They fished all night. And what did they catch? Nothing. They caught nothing. And in the morning, they hear this voice from the shore and says, friends, did you catch anything? No! That's what every fisherman wants to hear. Did you catch anything when you didn't? The answer is no, That's just put your net on the other side. They put their net on the other side, and they caught so much fish that they, the boat was going to sink. And John, the one whom Jesus loved, said, "That's the Lord. That's got to be the Lord." And Peter, he man, he just. Whoosh, he dove and took the Olympic sprint. And he was swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming. Got to shore, dripping wet. And he looks, and there's Jesus by this blazing fire. And what was on the fire? Fish. Clean, cooked, ready to eat. Why are you out there stressing? Jesus had it the whole time. The very thing that Peter was trying to find in his let us mentality, Jesus had it right there. Brothers and sisters, whatever you are saying to yourself this morning in stressing over, whatever you are stressing over this morning, I have to do this. I have to solve this. I have to secure this. This has to happen. And I know you're, you're dealing with it because I'm dealing with it. Whatever is churning in your own spirit, you will find that Jesus has the answer, the solution, the direction, the timing, the security, the purpose. If I, if you, if we, will just draw close to him. If we just draw close to Jesus. Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So, verse four, I know we're going to have to do this again next week. Abram went as the Lord had told him. I find it interesting that chapter 12 leaves out The time that Abram did not follow the Lord. Why is that? Something about being white as snow and I will remember your sins no more and these things. I love that about the Lord. He's going to leave out a lot of things. And when he sees me, I wonder what he sees. I'm thankful for Jesus and his blood that washed and took away all that junk and the junk that I will do. And the stuff that I'm doing that I don't even have knowledge of. How deep and thoroughly run through we are with sin. And how cleansing and totally purifying is his blood. One drop, we're done. We're clean. We're made right. And that's where we stand in grace to walk in the goodness and the fullness of that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning, and we ask that your spirit would encourage your church. Father, the enemy wants to come in and take away what your word has said this morning. That is his, his deal, to come and take the seed from your word out of our hearts. And we ask, Lord, that what is of you will remain. And we ask that what is of... Uh, of flesh will be gone and we ask that our motives will be laid pure before you search me and know my heart king david cried out try me see if there be any wicked way in me lord we don't even know what our hearts do jeremiah said father that our hearts are desperately wicked deceitful above all things who can know them? the lord knows our hearts lord take out that heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh a sensitivity to your spirit this morning. Be all for us, God. Be the I am in the wilderness, Lord. Help us not to try to make things happen, Lord, in our own strength, but to go to you, the well, the living water, the, the, the bread of life, the gate, the door. Lord, you are the light we need in this dark world. Jesus, you are all. And So help us not try to, to try to live in like we were back in, the day, but to live and walk in the light. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling with hope this morning, that they would know that you are hope, and that while they're discouraged and perhaps looking through carnal eyes, that their their appetites won't be able to be uh, satisfied, Lord. God, would you wash that mindset away and renew their minds this morning, with the true hope that walking in you is going to be all that they desire and need. Lord, help us, help me to seek first the kingdom today in your righteousness. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, amen.